all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest. I come to him just as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the message I'm prepared to receive will make me more like the great I am. I am blessed and I am favored in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Uh, most people, if you follow us on social media, thought today's movie was going to be 12 Years a Slave. Let's take a look at this and see what it is. Watch this. I want to ask you what part of the country you come from. I originate from Canada. I guess where that is. Oh, I know where Canada is. I've been there myself. Well, travel for a slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man. Lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped. Sold into slavery. Boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon Northup. I'm a free man, and you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. Went down to the river Jordan. And that servant that don't obey his lord shall be beaten with many stripes. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers, it's all wrong. They're my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Drink! Man does how he pleases with his property. <laughs> you come here. Mr. I say come here! Days ago, I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. Well, I don't want to survive. I want to live. You know something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instruction. Master bought you here to work. Anymore, I'll earn you a hundred lashes. I know what it's like to be the object of Master's lash. No. In his own time, good Lord will manage them all. I will survive. I will not fall into despair. I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportune.
Are y'all ready for this word today? Father, I decrease that you might increase, Father. I pray now that you would speak through me your words of life, Father, that we would move and walk in everything that you have ordained, Father. Father, we thank you that it is significant even the day this word is being uh, released, Father, on this 12th day. Uh, we honor you and we bless you, Father, that something supernatural and prophetic is going to be released into the lives of your people. And we honor you and we bless you for it now. Somebody ought to say, I believe it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Just touch your neighbor next to you. Say, it's going to be good for us today. It's going to be good for us today. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus taught with parables, which are stories used to illustrate principles. And in this series, we're just using movies as our parable uh, to teach us biblical principles. Now, uh, uh, for some movies, we've looked deep into the story and the characters. And for some, we've simply used the title as a subject. And with today's movie, we're going to use the title to exegete. That just means to unpack a story within a story and part of Mark chapter 5, uh, which is like an action-packed movie. And it involves a grown woman and a little girl both connected to the number 12. Somebody say 12. That both experience a surge. In case you don't know what a surge is, a surge is a sudden powerful forward or upward movement and they experience this surge through faith. Say through faith. Uh, now, as I told you, I did not consciously plan for this movie to be taught from today. It was actually accidentally moved to today. But when you put God first, there are no coincidences. So I believe something powerful is about to be announced into your life. You ought to shake that neighbor's arm, wake him up and say something powerful is going to be announced in your life. Mark chapter 5 down to verse number 22 it says this and behold one of the rulers of the synagogue had came to Jesus now as a ruler of the synagogue that means he was Jewish as a Jew they were opposed to Jesus because Jesus was coming watch this and calling into question the way that they had been appropriating the scriptures check it out he's a ruler of the opposition party to Jesus Christ but he had to come to Jesus when his situation got beyond his control his way wasn't working so he had to do it Jesus way can I tell somebody in here that that's what God's been pushing you to in your life he says how long are you gonna keep trying to do it your way before you discover your way doesn't work this man's name was Jairus somebody say Jairus uh, and watch what the scripture says in verse 22 and when he saw him he fell at his feet now check this out this man is a ruler of the synagogue which means he's somebody I mean he he has worked his way up now through the ecclesiastical hierarchy and he is now a ruler he's tantamount to the bishop of the synagogue and as he's there he comes to Jesus and he falls to his feet somebody say he fell at his feet I'm here to tell some of you that's what Jesus has been allowing to happen in your life. He's been allowing situations to push you until it makes you fall to make you fall down to his feet. In other words, Jairus wasn't too proud to worship. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Uh, and you should be voluntarily radical in your praise and worship before a situation comes in your life that makes you involuntarily radical. See, where are the people that don't have to go through hell to worship? Where are the people that don't have to get knocked down to worship? See, some of y'all sitting up here looking at me like he ain't done nothing for you. And that's why you keep getting pushed to where you got to get knocked down. But I think there's a few people in here that say, I've matured to the point to where I don't have to get knocked down to worship. I don't have to get knocked down to praise touch your neighbor and say I ain't too proud to praise but this man now is in a situation 
where now he has been knocked down to his feet and he is now forced to be radical in his praise and worship because here he is the ruler of the opposition party to Jesus and he needs the man they've been criticizing and ridiculing better be careful about who you put your mouth on because sometimes the one you put your mouth on is going to be the only one that can get you out of your mess here he is now, verse 23, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Now remember, they are now in opposition to Jesus, yet this man, Jairus, realizes that Jesus' way works. And he says, I need you to come lay lay your hands on her that she can be healed and if you put your hands on her she will live now now watch this uh, he makes a declaration of faith he said it before he saw it to, to your neighbor is waiting to see it before they say it but i'm here to tell you that's not faith faith knows how to say it before it sees it scripture says and he calls things that be not as though they were, which means you're going to have to learn how to speak faith even if your situation is full of fear. You're going to have to learn how to speak hope even if you're hopeless. You're going to learn how to speak what you desire to see, not just call it like it is. Stop saying it is what it is. No, it's not. It is what you call it. Now look at verse number 24. We're just going line by line here. We're just looking at it. Mark is like an action movie writer. We're just going line by line. We're going to extract every principle we can. Uh, verse 24. So uh, Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Here's what's interesting about that word throng. That word throng in the English, not even the Greek. I ain't got to dig deep with him. That word throng means they wanted a surge. So Jesus, watch this, is surrounded by a multitude of people that wanted a surge for him, but notice only two people got one. Which means there's a difference between just coming to church and actually connecting with Jesus. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? There's a difference between just patty caking and realizing that when I clap, it's actually praise. There's a difference between just lifting my hands because they said lift my hands and lifting my hands to realize that this is an act of praise and worship. And while I lift my hands, I'm giving him my burdens, but I'm receiving his blessing. When I lift my hands, I'm releasing my problems and receiving his promise. He's surrounded by people that want to surge but can't get one, which means desire alone is not enough. It's a lot of stuff in your life you wanted and you never got. But you're going to have to turn that desire into a decision. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't matter that you want to see something great. You're going to have to decide to make something great happen in your life. It doesn't matter that you want to be the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're going to have to decide that I'm going to be the curse breaker in my bloodline. Watch this now. I says, he's surrounded by folk that want a surge, but everybody couldn't get a surge because necessity alone doesn't move God. Your tears don't move God. You hoping and wishing doesn't move God. Tell the neighbor, say, that don't move God. If need moved God, there'd be no needs. So evidently, needs don't move God. Faith moves God. And I'll know what you believe predicated upon what you do. Ah, I, I, I says, but look at verse 25. Look at verse 25. He's surrounded by people that want to surge. Anybody in here want to surge? Because I, I need to get you to be like J. Iris, and I need you to get, back, uh, get like the woman we're getting ready to learn about. Because a bunch of people are around Jesus, and I don't know about you, but if he's issuing surges, I'm going to have to be one to get one. 
Some of you are like, Bishop, I don't know what you're talking about, a surge. We declared when we came into this year, when we looked at the scriptures, that 15 was going to be the year of the surge, the sudden and powerful forward or upward movement. God says, I'm sick and tired of where your life has been, and I'm ready to upgrade you. I'm ready to increase you. If God's sick and tired of it, would you look at your neighbor and say, I'm sick and tired of it too. He came that I might have life and that I might have life more abundantly. And don't go if he died for me to have it, I refuse to not have it. Shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. Say, if he's given surges, you better get yours. What's this now? What's this? Verse 25. Now a certain woman doesn't call her name because her name is unimportant. What's only important about her is her situation. Which means since it says a certain woman, you could insert yourself in here and it not just be a certain woman, but it could be a certain man. Somebody ought to say, that's me. They had a flow of blood for 12 years. What is interesting about verse 25 is it teaches us that problems don't discriminate. Because an unclean woman and a church leader both had a problem at the same time. And neither one of them was on Jesus' agenda. And everybody around Jesus wanted a surge. But only Jairus and this woman scheduled a surge through their faith. I dare you to look at somebody and say, I'm scheduling a surge through my faith. Look at verse 26. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She went here. She went there. She went over here. She tried this. She went over here. She got with this dude. She got with this dude. They got with this woman. Got with this woman. Tried this. Tried that. Got a new car. Got a new house. Had a couple of kids and yet they still had their issue. I'm trying to talk to the people where truth be told, you've been trying everything else to fix your issues and yet your issues don't keep getting any better. Your issues get worse. I'm going to tell you, a new kid ain't going to fix your broken marriage. Y'all not going to say nothing. I'm going to tell you, a new house is not going to fix your broken life. A new car is not going to fix your broken Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Getting married ain't going to fix the fact that you're thirsty. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Look at your neighbor say, it doesn't work. She tried everything and none of it worked. And that's your neighbor's problem. They've been trying everything but Jesus. They've been going everywhere but to God. If I get this, it'll be good. If I get this, it'll be better. If I get this, this will be better. And that's not the way it works because she tried all that. And the book says, I like the way Mark says it because Luke records it, but Luke doesn't say she got worse. Mark says that she tried everything. She spent everything she had, but she didn't get better. She got worse. Which, watch this, that means she had something if she had something to lose. See, I'm talking to the folks where truth be told, you, you, you ain't been broke your whole life. You ain't had, y'all ain't going to say nothing to, I'm talking to some people where you say, wait a minute, before that issue seemed to manifest, I thought I was doing mighty okay. Are you still here? She literally had an, be seated, she literally had an issue of blood, but blood is a metaphor, metaphor for life. So she's having private issues that are causing her public problems. She's having private issues that are messing up her public job. She's having private issues that are messing up her public life. I got a question for you. What's your private issue? Don't fool yourself. Don't touch it. Say, don't fool yourself. What's your private issue that's causing you public problems? What's your private issues that's calling you public shame? Here's the reality of it. Nobody else even knows about your issue, but because you're guilty about your issue, when you walk around, you self-condemn when other people see you about your issue, and you'll say, so-and-so looking at me like something wrong. They don't even know what's wrong, but because you know what's wrong, you think they know what's wrong, and so you... 
Okay, preach, Bishop. They shouting in Dallas. That's fine. She had all of these unresolved issues in life that she could no longer ignore. And that's where many of you are at in life right now. God says, I'm not letting you ignore this anymore. And if God reveals it to you, it's because he wants to heal it in you. And too often, especially Christian people think that if we don't talk about it, we're over it. If we don't talk about it, we've resolved it. And let me tell you, you're a fool if you talk about it, but I don't want to talk about that. You're crazy. You know why you're crazy? It's because that's why it controls you. It controls you because you won't talk about it. It controls you because you won't deal with it. It controls you because you won't say, wait a minute, I need to get this fixed. Where are the people that, that say, my issues aren't controlling me another day up? It's been controlling you for 12 years. 12 is the biblical number of foundation, meaning you've been like it for a long time. It's been controlling you, but today, I feel it right here. Somebody holler, but today. Oh, today's your day. Yeah, that's why you couldn't miss today. That's why you couldn't be on no trip today. Why? Because there's a deliverance in the house and there's a surge in the house. Somebody holler, surge. But watch this, I got them taking another further. So often we think because we don't talk about it, we're over it. Because we don't talk about it, we've resolved it. But check this out. These issues were keeping her from enjoying life. You missed it. I need you to get this. She wants life, but she can't have one because of her issue. There's some stuff you prayed for that truth be told, God says, I can't do that because your issue will kill it. Okay, let me talk to the formerly self-destructive people. God says, if I give it to you, you'll tear it up like you tear up everything else. So I need you to get healed of your issue first. I need you to get healed of your issue because your issue is why you keep tearing up your life. In other words, her issues kept running away good things because she was her own worst enemy. And what's interesting is that a 12-year process is summed up in a few verses because her journey isn't chronicled in the text. But she has an issue of blood, an issue of life. Watch this. For 378,432,000, seconds, 6,307,200 minutes, 105,120 hours, 4,380 days, 144 months, 12 years. All of this is summed up in a few verses. Bishop, why? Because God was going to say, I know you've been dealing with it for a long time. But when you decide that today's the last day, all the story don't really matter. That's why the scripture says, and the suffering that we endure is going to pale to compare to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can I take it another further? Everybody knew she was unclean. Because when you were unclean, you had to dress differently. So can you imagine what this did to her self-esteem? Her self-esteem had to be low, and people with low self-esteem are either normally very prideful or they're very vulnerable to everything and anything. You know people with low self-esteem because they got to take you down so they fill up. All right. All right. They're either normally very prideful or they're vulnerable to everything. The folks with the least sometimes have the most pride. Everybody knew she was unclean. When she walked around, she had to say she was unclean. She had to dress like the unclean women dressed, if I had time. 
She was, sh okay, I got it. I got time because y'all didn't say nothing. Y'all don't play me. She was shopping everywhere she went because the thirst was real. Okay, y'all, they, they ain't going to talk to me. But the thirst was real because she had an issue of life. And Jesus said, you'll stop being so thirsty for all of that if you'll let me fix your issue. Say amen, because I could push it another further. Ah. Everybody knew she was unclean. She dressed like the unclean girls dress. She advertised like the unclean girls advertised. See, y'all ain't saying nothing, so. And can you imagine what this did to her self-esteem? Can you imagine how she felt? Because she had something at one point, and she's lost it all because of an issue, private issue that's causing her public drama. Are you still here? But you need to know sometimes God will allow the issues in your life to remain because here's the trip. You can handle an issue for 12 hours, 12 days. You can even handle a whole quarter, 12 weeks. But imagine first Christmas with the issue, second Christmas with the issue, third Christmas with the issue, fourth Christmas with the issue. But now she's at 12 Christmases with the same issue. Can I tell you that God says, I've been watching the issue and I ain't moved the issue because whatever you bind on earth. Bishop, what are you trying to say? God says, since you okay, I'm fine too. But I think there's some people that there's some issues in your life that have been frustrating you with yourself. See, where the honest people at? Where the honest people at? Your neighbor is real spiritual, but I think there's some of y'all that say, you know what, Bishop, to be told, I ain't even mad at nobody else right now. Right now, I'm mad at. But can I tell you, he allowed the issue to stay because people only change when they learn enough that they want to or they hurt enough that they have to. So he allowed the issue to stay so you'd hurt, so you'd get frustrated, so you'd want to be better. Okay, verse 27, verse 27, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, now most preachers would stop it right there and the church would shout when nobody know what to do. Because they just say, I got Jesus. Okay, well now, now what you gonna do? When she heard about Jesus, check this out, faith comes by hearing, which tells me that although she was unclean, which means she could only be around other unclean people, translation, she had issues and she could only be around other people with issues. It tells me that somehow, some way, she broke away from the unclean folk. And she got somewhere where she could hear some good news. It's some of you that the reality is, is that while you come to an environment of life called harvest, for many of you, you go back to environments of death out there with family and friends and this and that. But you're going to have to be like this woman because even though she was surrounded by folk with issues, somehow, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she did it. Maybe it's because somebody at the church took her CD. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's because somebody said, I know you can't come because they're going to trip with you on Sunday, but watch online. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Somehow, someway, she heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. Touch your neighbor and say, what are you listening to? 
now, let me say this. For many of you, watch this. For many of you, there's some people, see, you are this person, but there's people you know that the reason, see, please understand, you think, ain't the church ain't trying to make no $5 off of you for no CD. Is that CD is what they need to hear to give them permission to come out of it. Let me talk to the bookstore because these people ain't saying nothing to me. The, the reality is, is that the CD is your tool to get to somebody what they're unable to ascertain on their own. Somehow she heard about Jesus. It doesn't tell us. We, we don't know. We do know that she couldn't be around regular folk because unclean people had to live with other unclean people. Folk with issues had to be around folk with issues. You ever notice somebody with an issue? Just look at who they hang around. Don't tell me who you are. Tell me who you're around, and I'll tell you who you are. Ah. Look at this. And she came behind him. I'm verse 27 in the crowd. I'm almost through. Say a posture of worship. Now, because she was an unclean woman, she couldn't just stand up and walk to him. Because, number one, the people would not have wanted to be around her. Because as an unclean woman, you couldn't just not touch the rabbi, the spiritual leaders, as an unclean woman, you couldn't touch regular people. Which means you are social outcast, which has its benefits. See, some of y'all need to be thankful that you don't have a big crowd because it has its benefits. Bishop, what's the benefit? They can't poison you with their negativity. They can't talk you out of your surge. Stop trying to get a bunch of people around you to get co-signers. You bet. Watch this. So she, she, she's, she's going. She, she, she's moving. And, and, and she's moving toward Jesus. But she can't just come up on him because the people would see. So they would drag her away. That They would not allow her to come or they'd spread away from her. And so as she's moving toward Jesus, she has to come. Watch this. She has to come. She has to come down on the floor. Because, because if the people saw her, they wanted their surge. And the last thing they needed for their surge was an unclean woman to make Jesus stop healing. So watch this. She's got to get on the ground. But she didn't mind getting on the ground because she didn't have nothing to lose. See, for some of y'all, God says, your issue is you started doing well. And when you started doing well, now you're too good to get on the ground. Y'all not going to say, you're too good to worship. You're too good to praise. You're too good to come to the altar when it's prayer time. You're too good to lift your hands. You're too good to shout. And that's why you ain't got no surge because he said your arrogance and your... But where are the people like this woman that says, you know what? I ain't got... I ain't got nothing to lose because if God be for me, she said, I tried everything else. She said, I got nothing to lose. So she gets on the ground. She's pressing her way through the crowd. She's pressing her way through the crowd. She's Jesus is around about people that want to surge. She's pressing her way through the crowd while they fighting to get to his face she's fighting to get to his feet while well, they fighting to get something out of his hand 
she's fighting to get to his feet. It's something about Jesus' feet and women. It's something about Jesus' feet and men. Something about Jesus' feet and desperate people. Bishop, what do you mean? Wasn't it another woman that got to Jesus? The people called her a prostitute, but Jesus called her a promise carrier because she said, oh God, she took the perfume, the cologne, and she anointed his feet with the touch of neighbor. Say, it's something about those feet. She's coming. She's coming. She's going through. She's going through. Somebody almost spots her, so she turns her head. Somebody sees her from the days of when she got her issue. I'll talk about that in a minute. Somebody sees her. She's like this. Wait a minute. They can't see me. Somebody sees her. They know her past. They know her mistakes. They know her failures. So she turns around a little bit, but she says, I'm not going to be denied today. She said, I'm not leaving this meeting until I get what I came for. I'm not going back with the same issue. I'm not going back with the same problem. I wish to God we had a church full of people that said we're not going to let our city go to hell. We're not going to let our region go to hell. We're not going to let our families go to hell. We're going to get what we came for. She comes in a posture of worship. And she touches his garment. Now, it's interesting because if I had time to teach you, I'd teach you that the garment he had on was the uh, tallit. The tallit was the prayer garment, which had four tassels at the end. And the scripture says that those tassels were called wings. That's why Malachi says that there's healing in his wings. So now she is a Hebrew woman knew that if she touched his tassel, which was the wing, that she could get healing. That's how she said it to herself because she read the Bible. Faith comes by hearing, but I don't have time, so I can't teach you that. She said to herself, verse 28, if I can only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She started encouraging herself, even after all of this disappointment. She started preaching to herself. I can imagine her when she was at home getting ready to go see Jesus, that she got in the mirror, turned on one of them, taking over, taking over, love God, love people, love, love. she turned on one of them messages, and she started repeating what the man of God was saying to her back to herself. I can only imagine that when the man of God said, you're the curse breaker, she said, I'm the curse breaker. I can only imagine when the man of God said, you're the head and not the tail, she said, I'm the head and not the tail. I can only imagine after 12 years of disappointment, she's looking in that mirror and she starts preaching to herself, and then I bet you it got good to her. I bet you she started shaking and rocking him, rocking and shaking and said, today's my day. I'm not going to be denied today. She said to herself, touch your neighbor and say, preach to yourself. And notice after all this disappointment, she wasn't going for money, material things, or man. If you're reversed, then reverse it. Or woman. So your problem is you keep thinking, God, if I get this, it'll be better. And God says, no, it won't, because you'll be there. And if you're jacked, you're going to jack up whatever I give you. So I need to get you right so that when I give it to you, you'll maintain it. And the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. What does that mean? When God gives it to me, God don't want to have to take it from me or allow it to be taken. What's this? She was asking for herself. I had a question. Why are you asking God for stuff, but your spirit is jacked? Getting that or this won't fix you. And you're spiritual, but some of your neighbor's prayers have been aimed incorrectly. I can get this. I can get that. I can try this. I can try that. 
She said, no, it's me. Old church, so you should say it like this. It's me, oh Lord. It's me. What they say, standing in the need of prayer. Tell your neighbor, say, it's you. It's you. I know you've been blaming your son and your cousin and your mama and your aunt. It ain't them. It's you. Tell your neighbor, say, it's you. Watch this. <laughs> Watch this. It's not recorded that she told the other unclean people she was going to see Jesus. So we can safely presume through the process of deductive logic, she didn't tell them. Somebody said she didn't tell them. Because everybody around her had issues. So how would they be able to encourage her out of her issues if they didn't know the way out? Sometimes if you're going to surge, you have to learn how to be silent. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Without a vision, Proverbs 29, 18 says, people what? Perish. So she had her eyes fixed on her future, not her past. Whatever you're looking at is where you're headed. Whatever you're looking at is where you're headed. I said, whatever you're looking at is where you're headed. Which means if you keep looking back at yesterday, you headed back to where you be at. I got to finish this. I got to finish this. Touch your neighbor and say, whatever you're looking at is where you're headed. Watch this. I, I got to finish. Verse 29. Immediately. Well, Bishop, by 2020. No! Immediately. Bishop, in about six months. No! Okay, ain't no faith. I'll move on. They're not shouting. I'll move on. If you stop playing with it, it manifests for you. If you stop playing with God, you see a breakthrough. If you stop pretending it, y'all ain't going to say that to me. Where are the folk that says, I ain't playing with this no more? And this means putting God first. If you really seriously started putting him first, Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom. His way of doing things. He says, I'll add everything else to you if you quit playing with me. But if you play with me, you're going to get played because tricks are for kids. Immediately. Shout immediately. Bishop, how do you know she put God first? She's pressing through the crowd. She's pushing through people to put him first. And she wasn't too proud to get on her face. She was already unclean, so getting a little dirty didn't matter. All right, let me talk real. She didn't mind that she had to clean the bathroom. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. She didn't mind she was unpacking the food bank. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. She didn't mind. No, she said, serving is my privilege. Not my right. That's the least I could do for everything he's done for me. That's the least I could do. Immediately, shout immediately. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was right up, and she felt in her body she was healed of her affliction. Watch this. Her skin may have still been bloody, but the source of the issue dried up. Because our God doesn't just paint fruit, he fixes the root. And if you fix the root, the fruit auto-corrects. Most people like to paint fruit, but they never deal with root, so the fruit regrows. Look at the neighbor say, but that's not our God. 
our God says, I ain't even really concerned with the fruit. I'm gonna go get down there next to the root. Oh, I, I says, I says. Now I said this again, but I need to I need to push it to you a third time. Faith comes by hearing. I need to say it to you a third time. Most people keep thinking, if I get this or that, it'll fix my issue. But the truth is, is your issues is why you can't have this or that. Because as an unclean woman, the rules were different for her. She couldn't work where other people work. She couldn't live how other people live. She couldn't do what other people did. And watch this, she didn't have to say anything when they looked at her stuff self-rejected. Stuff just said, oh no, we ain't no, not you. Verse 30, verse 30. Y'all keep saying, take my time, I get to finish stuff. I take my time at 11.15. We're going we to leave a remnant of deliverance and surge in here. So by 11.15, all I do is just get up and take the mic and just all of a sudden, it's going to be like, when, it's going to be prayer time. It's just... Verse 30, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, listen, this is going to blow your mind. That word who in Greek doesn't mean just who. In Greek, that word who means who, which, what, and why. Now remember, it's a crowd of people around Jesus that want to surge. Only one woman pulled on the dunamis that was in him and got to surge. And so Jesus turns around and he says, in Greek, he says, who, which, what, and why touch my clothes? It needed to be more than a who. It needed to have a which. It needed to have more than a which. It needed to have a what. And then it needed more than a what. It needed a why. Don't have time. Verse 31. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude around you wanting to surge? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him, watch this, the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. And be healed of your affliction. What was the whole truth, though? See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help all of you professional Christians. But just, you know, I'm just, just, I'm going through. What? What was the whole truth? Say, Bishop, what was the whole truth? Leviticus teaches us that this issue more than likely came because she wasn't innocent. Okay, I got to push it since you're not getting it. Leviticus says she has an issue and the issue is because she's not innocent. Leviticus said that this particular kind of issue only came to loose women. It got real quiet right there. Which means when she tells him the whole truth, she ain't sitting up here blaming her mama, her daddy, this one or that one. She says, Jesus, I did some stuff 12 years ago. Where are the people that can tell the truth? See, y'all. Professional Christians learn how to lie. But when you really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, touch your neighbor and say, tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. You're going to have to stop blaming everybody else. Stop pointing the finger at everybody else. She told Jesus 12 years ago, I was in some stuff. I had no business doing. I should have listened. I didn't listen. And that's why I had my issue. And notice this, y'all. Are you still here? When we're real with him, he can restore us. 
Because you know what her issue of blood was? Her issue of blood came from her identity and acceptance issues. Bishop, how did you come to that conclusion? At the beginning, she's a certain woman. But by verse 34, he calls her daughter. So in the text, she shifts from just being a woman to daughter. To be a daughter, that means you have a father. Father in Hebrew means life giver, which means God may discipline you, but he does not discard you because your discipline is designed to drive you to decide to repent. You ought to look at your neighbor and say he got to the root of her issue. The root of her issue is that she never knew who she was and she didn't have a father to tell her who she was. She didn't have a father to say you're better than that. And so because of that, she did something 12 years ago that got her tied up, messed up, jacked up. Oh, but Jesus. Shut your neighbor and say, he got to the root issue. She thought it was just an issue with her uh, reproductive parts. But no, Jesus said it's an issue because you don't know who you are. And because you don't know who you are, it's making you do stuff that's un... I got finished. But you need to understand, from this one thing, from this one surge, everything about her changed. Because remember, unclean, she had to be around unclean. Issues, you had to be around people with issues. From this one moment, say one moment, her social status changed. Her financial status changed. Her spiritual status, everything about her changed. And it didn't take 10 years. It happened. But now wait a minute. Somebody shout immediately. There's an immediate anointing on me today. And there's an immediate anointing in this house. Bishop, what is an anointing? It's a grace. It's a favor. You don't deserve it. God just sovereignly shows up and says, I'm God and I'm going to do it today. Touch your neighbor and say, there's an immediate in the house. I said, there's an immediate in the house. And in a moment, it's going to be prayer time. Somebody holler, there's an immediate in the house. It's some stuff you thought was going to take to the end of the year. God says, I'll do it right here. And I'll do it right now. If you believe it, somebody shout yes. Watch this. I got finished. Verse 35. While he was still speaking. Because now remember, she gets her surge, but she interrupted Jairus' surge. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's a good movie. Mark's a great screenwriter because here this woman comes. Jesus is leaving to go to Jairus' house, but then this woman stops the whole movie. Which tells me that you got enough power in your praise and worship to interrupt the whole movie. You got enough power in your repentance to interrupt his whole flow. And the folk ain't shouting, I guess they, this immediately ain't for you. She interrupts. So Jairus is standing there. And I know Jairus is like, that's nice, Jesus. <laughs> we thank God for her. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, baby. Be encouraged. What about my, you calling her daughter. What about mine? Tell him, this is a good movie. They come to him, verse 35, while he was still speaking. While he's still speaking to who? The woman. 
Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, Jairus' house, and said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the rabbi? Why trouble the teacher any further? Jesus is sitting having a conversation with this woman calling her daughter. Be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. And I know Jairus is like, well, good for her, but what about me? I'm glad Jesus can multitask. I'm glad he can be at your house fixing your stuff and over at your house fixing your stuff and over at the doctor's office fixing the report and over at TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Y'all not saying nothing. I'm glad he can multitask. But they told Jairus, why bother? She's dead. I guess it was just God's will for her to die. Because if the Lord didn't want it to happen, wouldn't he have stopped it? Look, be careful when what they say is louder than what he said. If they don't have a scripture to support what they're saying, I'm going to just talk to you. Tell them to shut up. And depending on where you're from, you know, What Sunday is there? Oh, it's too early. Okay. Tell them to shut that noise up. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word was spoken. Watch this. Jesus is talking to the woman. He, they come to Jairus. Jesus is listening to them talk to Jairus while he's talking to the woman. He heard what they said. Notice he didn't shut them up because Jairus was going to have to faith up. You keep saying, Lord, get rid of my haters. He says, I'm not doing that. You're going to have to learn how to press in spite of them. Lord, fix my crazy family members. I'm not doing that. You're going to have to learn how to press past them. Jesus heard the word that was spoken. I got to finish this. And he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Only believe. He said, I'm not shutting them up. You shut them up. I'm not interrupting them. They came from your house. Look what he says, but don't be scared, only believe. Why? Because fear, doubt, and negativity are contagious. They're contagious. So Jesus essentially tells Jairus, I know it doesn't look great because they just told you she's there. But keep believing. Now, watch this. The word believe is a perpetually present tense verb. That's why in the old King James, you'll see words like believe if. The ETH on there makes it a perpetually present tense verb, which means he says, don't believe me once. He says, but even after something comes to you that says this will not be, believe then. And then even when, you're not hearing me. He said, keep on believing and keep on believing and believe again and believe again but I'm disappointed believe again but I'm hurt believe again but I'm frustrated believe again but I messed up believe again but I don't think it's going to work believe again somebody touch your neighbor and say believe again look at this verse 37 and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James and John the brother of James can I tell you something your circle gets smaller when your surge gets closer they ain't going to talk to him they ain't going to talk to him they ain't going to talk to me. 
Some of y'all complaining that your circle got small. You ought to be shouting. Jesus had to put them out so he could increase his output. Tell your neighbor, that's why your circle's getting smaller. They in the way. Verse 38. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult of those who wept and wailed loudly. Notice he came to his house, which means the people who were crying about it were family members. Which means they were the ones that went to Jairus and told him, she's dead, leave Jesus alone. It ain't going to work. Why are you still going to church? It ain't going to work. Why are you still giving? Y'all ain't going to say nothing. It ain't going to happen. Why are you still doing all that? It was blood that said that to him. Verse 39, when he came in, he said to them, why are you making all this commotion and crying and weeping? Why are you doing all this extra? She ain't dead. She's asleep. You need to be careful how you label situations in your life. You're crying instead of trying. You're whining instead of worshiping. Jesus said, you've mislabeled this. She's not dead. She's resting. You didn't lose it. It's called a forced investment. It's a seed. Yeah, okay. Verse 40, I got to finish this. And they ridiculed him. That word ridicule means they dismissed him. They said, come on, G really? Who is he? Remember, Jairus ruler of the synagogue, Jewish, which means his family's Jewish, which means they were in opposition, many of them, to Jesus. Not all, but many of them were in opposition to Jesus. So they're like, really? Oh, oh is that Jesus guy? Really? Is that love God, love life, love people, that guy? Really? They dismissed him. But look what he did, verse 40. But he put them all outside. Watch the principle happen twice. Jesus doesn't even take all of his staff. Jesus says, listen, the rest of y'all stay over here. Peter, James, and John, my inner circle, y'all come, let's go. He said, the rest of y'all stand out here and keep the door. And then when Jesus got in the house, he said, ooh, no, it's too much. Y'all got to get out. And watch this. He only keeps, watch this. Now, you'll shout if you can count. Jesus says, so the only people remaining in the room, watch this, are, in verse 40, the mother, the father, the mother, the father, the girl. See, some of y'all lost count. The mother, the father, the girl. Jesus, Peter, James, John. And how many is that? So y'all lost count. Let's do it again. We thank God for Denver schools. Let's count again. The only people in the room are the mother, the father, the girl, Jesus, Peter, James, John. Y'all can't count here? Now remember I told you I didn't plan for this movie to be today? So now on this day, we got two interesting numbers. Did you catch it? I don't know what's with the, I don't know. You better touch your neighbor and say, this is the Holy Ghost talking to you. The seventh day of the seventh month, 12th day, we got the number 12 and we got the number seven. Bishop, what are you trying to say? God's trying to make an announcement to you that today is your 
All right. All right. For all of us that can count, that was exciting. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. And they ridiculed him. But he put all of them outside except seven people. Which means some nouns, people, places, things, and ideas have to be put out so God can maximize his output. And when God starts pruning, you should start praising because he's about to do something in private that's going to increase you in public. Here it is. I got to finish. I'm out of time. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai. Which for all of those of you interested in the historicity of the Bible, it's interesting because the New Testament is a translation of a translation. Jesus spoke a dialect of Hebrew called Aramaic. So which means our Greek translation of Aramaic is a translation of a translation. Or the Greek, excuse me, is the translation, got it? So why then did they leave the original language here when the whole thing is a translation? I'll deal with that next time. Somebody, somebody else said, oh. Which is translated, the girl. Now remember, the woman that got healed, her issue was... From a look girl, she never knew who she was. So now in the same passage, in the same move, we got another little girl who, watch this, it's so interesting because look at verse 42. He says, look girl, I said to you, rise, verse 42. And me, the girl got up and she walked. But watch this part. Why does it say this? For she was 12 years of age. Why bother throwing that in? Who cares? Except for the fact that Jesus was pouring something out. Touch your neighbor and say, he's pouring something out. For 12 years, that unclean woman had been a slave. But on this 12th girl's, uh, this girl's 12th year of life, she has an issue. So what's interesting is that, watch this. Two immediately is in the text involving something needing to begin. And something needing to end. Happened in the same chapter. With the same number. Some of y'all lost me right there. He says to her, look, girl, get up. He didn't beg and plead with her. He said, get up. Parents, you know how you, you, you told your kids four times to get up, and they playing that not get up game. And you don't go in there with the joy of the Lord. Because part of it is you forgot what time it was. So you're looking at your watch, you're supposed to leave the house at 750, it's 742, and they still in the bed. So you're going to get up. We got to go now. He takes the child by the hand. It's interesting because the grown woman, the child. The grown woman was the child that needed to be healed. Come on, class. Come on. Let's get on the same, same. I'm out of time. There's so much more. I'm out of time. He took the child by the hand and said, get up. She gets up for she is 12 years of age. Immediately, the girl gets up. Immediately. 
They just finished telling him she's dead. It's over. There is no more hope for your daughter, Jay Iris, leader at the church. There's no more hope for you. Jesus says, you must not know about me. I let it get to the point to where you can't do nothing else except give it to me. And it's prayer time. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products and now through December 3rd save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd only at BJ's.